be responded to. He loves to be acknowledged. He loves for you to recognize that He is here. He is here. Hallelujah. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we open our mouth and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We're acknowledging that He is here. We're acknowledging that He is in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for your worship. I appreciate Brother Brown, your pastor. I appreciate him allowing me to be here today. Amen. Thank you for this opportunity. What a wonderful, wonderful thing is happening in this church. Praise God. God is doing incredible and awesome things. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thankful for this opportunity. Amen. Remember something, Sister Sister Nona Freeman, a great woman of God. One thing she said, she mentioned that she believes there are are seven steps to the power dimension in the Holy Ghost, and I won't take time to go through them all. She talked about seeking God's face. She talked about doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, obeying the Spirit, and, uh, getting yourself in the Word of God. But one thing, one thing that she mentioned that we must do is rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. You know, if God does all of these incredible and awesome and wonderful things for us, if God heals us and blesses us and touches us, lifts us up, encourages us, and most importantly, saves us and fills us with His Spirit, if God does all of these things, but we never, we never thank Him, we never love Him for it, we never return our worship to him after a while he's going to feel like we're giving him the cold shoulder because that's how we would feel if we were constantly giving out to somebody and constantly giving out to somebody and pouring everything that we have and they never said thanks they never turned their face to us they never acknowledged but when we take time to rejoice to dance to worship to love to lift our hands not for anything, not, not because I'm expecting you to do anything else, but just because of what you've already done, because of what you've already given, because you've already blessed us. I rejoice, I praise, I worship, I dance, I shout, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. David danced before the Ark of the Covenant with all his might. The Bible says, hallelujah, when the lame man at the gate beautiful was healed, the Bible says he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. My wife is, my wife and two girls are not with me. I usually take them with me, but she is helping in Brother Buxton's Home Missions Church down there. They've asked her to help with Sunday school. And uh, we're evangelizing at the present when we're, when I'm not preaching out, we're down there at Brother Buxton's church and they've asked her to help in Sunday school and uh, she doesn't get many opportunities like that. So I, I wanted her and of course they need, they're a small church and they need some help right now. So I very gladly let her stay and, and uh, work with that and help with that. So she's not here with me, but God is here. God is in this place. God is in this place. God is in this place. Brother Steele, thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. The excitement that's going on in this church. Praise God. Praise God. Before we do anything else, before we do anything else, we have worship. We've loved God. I want us to pray. I want us to pray and ask for God's anointing and blessings to be on this service right now. Amen. I am I am to the point that I never I never want to try to get up and do something without God doing it, without God being involved, without God's anointing, without God's grace. Praise God. I rely on God. I trust in God. I depend on God. I can't do anything without God. Hallelujah. God is not my co pilot. God is my pilot. Praise God. He's not a backseat driver. He's behind the wheel. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to do it on my own. I've got to have God in my life. I've got to have Jesus in my life. He's the one that's got to anoint me. He's the one that's got to bless me. He's the one that's got to help me. Praise God. Let's lift our hands right now. Pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, your spirit is here. Release faith. Release faith in us right now. Release faith and expectancy right now that we can expect and believe that we are going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We are going to have a mighty move of the Holy Ghost in this service today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shut the mouths of the naysayers. Shut the mouths of the doubters. Of the unbelievers who say this isn't real. Shut their mouths. Oh God, and show and prove that you are real, that you are strong, that you are mighty. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God.
Praise God. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. in this place that the work that is going to be done in here is not going to be the work of men's hands but is going to be the work of a mighty and a powerful God His divine spirit that is in this place can we believe that when we gather together it's going to be for more than just to hear some preacher preach But I'm expecting that if God is here, if He is here as we say He is here, then I expect that God is going to do something. He's not going to just be here just to be here. Some people came here just to come here. They just they showed up just to be here. They don't know why. They have no big reason. You ask them why you're here. Well, you know, I go to church on Sunday. That's not what God says. God shows up so he can give us his grace so he can give us healing so he can give us salvation praise God so he can work miracles in this place that is why God is here 2 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul is speaking of God and he said unto me God said my grace is sufficient for thee For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm going to read that again. God said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me praise God let's put our Bibles down if this is going to work And you need to adopt this as your mindset from here on out if you haven't already. If this is going to work, there has to be active participation in this service. If we are going to see a successful move of God, I mean a real, live, spiritual move of God. Not one that's contrived or faked or... Like a pep rally where you encourage people, they work themselves in a frenzy. Not those kinds of things, but a real, genuine move of God. Where people will leave here saying, God touched me today. If that's going to happen, then we need active participation with all of those involved. We need you to worship We need you to respond to the Word of God. 
We need you to obey the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost tells you do something, don't hesitate, but do it. Do it. Do it, what the Holy Ghost says to do. Praise God. We need active worship. Active faith. Faith without works is dead. If you brought your faith in here, make it work. Put action behind it. Put some worship, some prayer behind it. You feel to go pray for somebody? Go pray for them. I'm not the kind of preacher or evangelist that gets offended when somebody wants to worship or respond or come to the altar before I'm finished or go and pray for somebody. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost to move in this house today. I want God to have His way in this place today. And I need you, I need you to respond to what you feel right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bless us right now, O oh God. Bless us right now, O oh God. Let us be ministered to. Let your word go forth. And like a mighty sword, let it pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of joints and marrow. Discern our hearts and our intentions right now in the name of Jesus, God. Discern where we are and what we need and bless us with it in Jesus' name. Will you clap your hands as you're seated? may be seated. Hallelujah. I, uh, I am a firm, I am a firm believer in the supernatural. I am a firm believer in miracles and healings. I believe there really is nothing too hard for God. I believe there really is no sickness God cannot heal. Hallelujah. I really believe there is no life God cannot touch. Whoever you are and wherever you are, God is able to touch you, not over a span of ten years, but instantly. 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 Praise God. I believe... I believe... It is not just a side note to our existence, but I believe it is our very existence. The existence of the supernatural, the moving of God's Spirit. Of course, we have a life to live and we have jobs to go to. We have families to take care of, to be involved in, children to raise, homes to fix, cars to fix and drive and take to the car shop. We have life to live. We have problems to take care of tasks to perform, but in the midst of all of this, let us not forget we are body, soul, and spirit. Two-thirds of our existence is made up of something we cannot even see or touch with these hands. There are two-thirds of me that you cannot see or feel, but it is here. It is real. I am body, soul, and spirit. Excuse me. Praise God. We cannot, we cannot deny the existence of God. We cannot deny the existence of angels and demons. They are both out there and they are very real and we might be very shocked. 
how many are out there if we were able to see what was really there, what is really there. It is there. It is alive. It is real. We cannot deny it. We cannot turn away from it. We cannot deny that God is not real. God has God done too much for me, for me to say there is no God. God has blessed me too much for me to say that He does not exist. God has ministered powerfully when there was no other way for me to say there is no God. But I believe in God, and I believe His name is Jesus. I believe I can call on the name of Jesus Christ, and He will be there. And He will be there instantly. I believe if I need a miracle from God, I can pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and through faith alone in His name will grant me the petition that I ask of Him. He did not say arbitrarily, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. He didn't say it off the cuff. He didn't say it as a nice thought. He didn't say it as a fairy tale. He said it as reality. Ask! And you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. He didn't say it arbitrarily. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done. It wasn't an off-the-cuff remark. Jesus was not in the habit of making off-the-cuff remarks. He said it sincerely and truly. Ask in my name and it shall be done. And nothing shall be impossible for you. Clap your hands one more time. Praise God. If these things are true, why do we live in spiritual poverty? If these things are true, why do we live under condemnation? If these things are true, why do we live still with chains binding us, chains of fear, chains of doubt, chains of unbelief, chains of substance abuse, chains of pornography, chains of alcohol, chains of spirits that hold us captive and will not let us sleep at night? Praise God. There is a God who is real. If He is real, if He cares about us, if He meant what He said, that we could ask in His name and it would be done. If faith really is that easy, then why are we sick? Why are we afflicted? Why are we tormented? Why are we bound up? We should be free of all people. We should be free of all people. We should be examples and witnesses of what God can really do. If we say we have it, then let's have it by all means. If we say it's real, let's act like it's real by all means. If we say it's there, if we say it happens, then let's let it happen. Let's make it real. Let's show them if we say we are witnesses, then let us witness of the power of God. That is in our lives. Praise God. We are not far from Azusa Street. Actually, I have no idea how far we are from Azusa Street. I said that, and I thought, well, I have no idea where Azusa Street is. I guess it's around here somewhere. Praise God. If you were on the East Coast, then we're a lot closer. Azusa Street outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We celebrated it not too long ago. A hundred years celebration marked a change 
and what was happening in this world. It affected not just Los Angeles, not just California, not just the United States of America, but it literally affected the entire world. Tongue-talking people one time were frowned upon. Now it is a common thing for people of all religions, all beliefs, any, any Christian religion that is out there, they have tongue-talkers in their midst somewhere. It is becoming a common thing. It marked a change. It marked a change in this nation. If, if God could do such a work, such a dynamic, there, there, was, there was no question, no doubt about it. It was a divine move of God. It was so powerful and so effective, no one person could take any credit for what was done. But it was simply said that God showed up. God was in their midst. God did mighty, mighty things. We could not say, maybe it was man. Maybe we can attribute it to this. Maybe it was this or that. No, the only thing that could be said, believer or doubter, believer or unbeliever, you had to say God was in their midst. If God could do such a thing, then God can do such a thing now. If God could pour His Spirit out in that fashion, then I'm not preaching a complicated message. This is, in fact, a very simple message. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Are you afflicted? Have faith in God. Are you bound with spiritual chains? Have faith in God. Do you want to see more of what the Spirit has to offer? Have faith in God. Do you want to experience what the Word of God tells you you can experience? Have faith in God. The woman with the issue of blood came to him, touched the hem of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment because she could not risk touching him personally, for she was unclean. As a, as a Jew, as a Hebrew, as an Israelite, you could not, if you were unclean, you could not touch any other person. And if any other person touched you, that person immediately became unclean. For 12 years, she was in the habit of avoiding human contact. Because she could not risk defiling someone else. She had heard no doubt that Jesus touched this person. Jesus touched that person. Jesus laid his hands on this blind man. Jesus laid his hands on that lame man. And they were healed. And that person was healed. And that person was healed. And this person was healed. And no doubt she had heard stories about all this. But she could not risk a touch. So she said in her heart with that obstacle in front of her. She was not to be stopped. She said, maybe I can't touch him. Maybe he can't touch me. But if I can make it to him, and if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus never felt the touch with his skin, but he knew something happened. He stopped, looked around. He was on his way to urgent business. Jairus' daughter was dead. He was going to raise her from the dead on the way. This woman came up, touched the hem of his garment, and instantly she felt and knew 
Let me show you what God can do. This was not something that took 12 more years to happen. This was not something she went and slept on, and when she woke up the next morning, she realized her infirmity was gone. You read it in your Bible, instantly she felt. The Bible said, knowing what had happened within her, she came trembling to Jesus. Jesus stopped, said, who touched me? Peter said, are you nuts? Everybody's touching you. Jesus clarified what he meant. No, I felt virtue flow. This man touched me, but I didn't feel nothing. That woman touched me, but I didn't feel nothing. I walked and brushed by this one, and I didn't feel nothing. But somebody touched me because I just felt virtue flow. He stopped to look around, saw who it was. He didn't say, woman, go thy way. You're 12 years of counseling. It's made you whole. Go thy way, thy money you spent on the doctors made you oh go your way your friends and family helped you and now go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole are you bound have faith in god are you afflicted it's a simple message don't expect me to bring out something complicated this is not a complicated message have faith in god Are you needing deliverance? Are you afflicted with alcohol, with nicotine? Are you battling pornography and can't get free from it? Have faith in God. Are you sick in your body and in need of a healing from Jesus Christ? Have faith. If you knew what... God really did think about you. If you fully understood that God does not think of you as a stepchild in a manner of speaking. That God doesn't think of you as a slave. That God doesn't think of you as a rejected son or a rejected daughter. God does not think of you as an illegitimate child. God does not think of you as somebody that maybe he should disown. That's not what God thinks of you. What did John say? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. He was talking about former slaves. He was talking about people with no parents at all because they left their parents, left them or abandoned them. He was talking about people that grew up in broken homes. He was talking about people that had been abused. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. We have not received the bondage. Again, to fear, Paul said, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why am I able to have all this? Because I am a child of God. What did the Bible say? Paul went on to say in the same chapter, And if children, 
than heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Everything Christ was heir to, I am an heir to as well. Everything God has in His storehouse, I as His child have access to that same storehouse because I call Him Abba, Father. Lift your hands right now. Come on, lift your hands, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Every thought that is entering in your head that is telling you that you cannot be healed, you cannot be delivered, you will never be free of who you are. Every thought that is going through your head like that is from the devil. It is not from God. It is from the devil. I'm calling him out right now for who he is. He's trying to hide and just speak in your mind without being noticed of who he really is. But I'm calling him out right now. Every, every voice, even if you think it's your own thoughts, the source of it is the devil. The devil is lying to you, telling you, you cannot, you will not, you'll never get there. You will always be this way. You will always be bound. You will always fight with this. If you get free from this, it will only be after years of hard struggle and hard work. But this preacher has come to tell you in this service today, it's not that difficult. It is simply having faith in God. You can be rich. You can be poor. You can be black, white, or yellow, or Hispanic. It does not matter. If you have faith in God, you can and will be delivered instantly in this place today. God has raised up a church in Pasadena, California. He's done it for a reason. He's done it because there's millions of people out there who need to know Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. They don't have to go to hell. They don't have to be lost. He rose up a church. He raised up this church, this people, your pastor, for that reason. So he could tell. So he could tell this world through you. Look at what God can do. Look at what God can do. I desire, I desire my greatest, my absolute greatest, no questions asked, no argument needed. My greatest desire is to have power with God. I have no desire, and I, I speak in honesty. I don't speak in boasting or toot my own horn. I'm speaking in pure honesty. My greatest and strongest desire that I have is to be used mightily in the Spirit. I have no other desire that matches it. Nothing else matches that desire. I want to be used mightily. I want to be used in the Spirit. I want to point my finger at somebody and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And I want it to happen.
in order for us to get to that place where we can have power with God. It's, it's not, sadly, it's not just a matter of having the Spirit. Let me clarify a few things in your mind. When you receive the Holy Ghost, evidenced with speaking in other tongues, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. When they asked, what must we do? He said, repent. That means turn around. doesn't just mean say the words. It means do it. Turn around. Change the way you're living. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And you receive the Spirit, and we know it when you begin to speak with other tongues. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, to every one, to profit with all. When you receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, they're all one and the same thing. When you receive that, you receive the manifestation of of that spirit and you receive the gifts of the spirit for they all after all the gifts of the spirit you wonder can i have the holy ghost and see you, you when you get the holy ghost you get the gifts of the spirit because they're gifts of the spirit doesn't take a rocket scientist figure that out you get the fruits of the spirit you get all of these things but sadly there are people that are used by god that are filled with the Spirit. And there are people that are filled with the Spirit who are not used by God. And it bothers me and troubles me when I see people that I know. I know they've got it. I know it's there. I know they can be used by God. But they're not. And I want to know why. I want to find out what the hindrance is. I want to know What's the wall? What's the chain? What's the barrier? What's the thought process? What spirit, what devil is lying to you? Why can't somebody that is filled with the Spirit? It's not a matter of age. My wife tells me a story of her little sister. Her little sister is now grown and married, but when she was about three years old, Brother Still, they were having a ladies' prayer meeting at their church. And the pastor's wife, Sister Elms, was not feeling well. And she was kneeling at the altar praying during this time of ladies' prayer meeting. And she tells how she remembers little three-year-old Ashley, who's now grown up. But at the time she was three, she remembers Ashley coming up as a little three-year-old girl and placing her hand on Sister Elms' back and just praying a little simple three-year-old, you know, whatever three-year-olds pray. She said something like, God, touch Sister Elms or bless her or whatever she said. But she said, when Ashley, three years old, laid her hands on me and prayed for me, she said, God touched me instantly. It's not a matter of age. It's not a matter of race. It's not a matter of wealth or not wealth. It's not a matter of position whether you're a CEO, whether you're college educated, whether you have graduated from high school or not, that is not the issue. The issue is what lies have you been listening to lately? 
What spirits have been telling you it's not possible? And you've been listening to those spirits. And I have found, I have found, I don't really, brother, I don't really have to be really mightily sensitive in the spirit to point this out and hit it on the head. Because I find nearly everywhere I go, there are people that are listening to the lies of the enemy. You can't do it. You won't do it. Look at where you came from. Look at what you've done. Look at the mistakes you've made. Look at who you are. Look at who you've been. Look at your family. Look at your daddy, your alcoholic daddy. Look at your drug-addicted mama. Look at this situation. Look at that situation. You're still living in low-income housing and all of this. Whatever stupid lies the devil says. But the people, they listen. They listen. I don't know why, but they do. I want to know what's going on. God rises, raises up a church and gives us a commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Pray for the lost and the bound they will be delivered. Preach the word and I will confirm the word with Signs following. He gives us these promises. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You shall tread on scorpions and serpents. And overall, the power. If we have this power, if we are really supposed to change the world, I think we can relive Azusa Street. I'm wondering what's stopping us. It's not, it's not God. I was using the illustration the other day about the sower. The Bible talks about Jesus told the parable of the sower. He went forth to sow and he cast the seed and some fell on good ground, and some fell on stony ground, and some fell among thorns, and some fell by the wayside. And, of course, the seed is the Word of God. Your, your heart, the Bible doesn't say it specifically, but I'm convinced, your heart, your condition of your heart is the soil. And the Word of God goes forth, and when it takes root on good ground, then it grows and produces fruit, Jesus said, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And so I stopped and I wondered, and it didn't really hit me until I was telling this illustration. But it hit me, you know, God is not the one that chooses the kind of soil. Even the devil cannot choose what kind of soil you're going to be. The stony ground, it grows up quickly, but when the heat of the day comes, it withers away because it has no root, it has no foundation. The seed that falls by the wayside, the devil, the birds of the air, the Bible says, come pluck it up. The devil steals it away. The seed that falls among thorny ground this probably hits more people than most of the other situations. The cares of life grow up and choke it the one that falls on good ground and produces seed. God doesn't choose what kind of ground this seed is falling on. The devil doesn't choose it. You know why? Because if God chose it, you know what we'd all be? We'd all be good ground. We'd all be walking in power. We'd all have the grace of God flowing out of us. 
We'd all be healing the sick and raising the dead. We'd all be living in victory. We'd all have it. The devil can't do it because the devil just doesn't have that kind of power. So what's the, what, what, what is it? What's, why are we having Azusa Street all over again? And good things are happening. I'm not trying to be overly negative, but I'm reaching for something. I'm reaching for a power that I know is there. I'm reaching for grace. I know it's there. I know they can come in by the hundreds. And we don't have to worry about losing 65 and 70 of them. I know there's enough people out there that are so hungry. My brothers, my brother-in-law, his mother, they grew up in, in another faith. And they didn't know full truth. My brother-in-law came in about nine years ago and got the Holy Ghost. His mother came to... Uh, live with him for a few years. They were having some problems. And uh, while she was living with him, she came to church and got the Holy Ghost. And brother, when she got it, she got it. She told my brother-in-law, Andy, she said, I want you to show me anything. She got the Bible out for herself. While he would go to work, she would sit at the kitchen table and open her Bible up. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, without the help of anybody, she found everything we believe. Everything. The oneness of the doctrine. Baptism in Jesus' name. Infilling of the Holy Ghost. All of our holiness stand. She found every bit of it all by herself. I know. I know. I know. There are Thousands and thousands and thousands of people just like Betty. Praise God. I think this is I think this is it right here. I think Paul nailed it on the head. The way Paul talks about this. Let me read this whole passage to you for Though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Paul was mightily used of God, a great prophet of God, had great revelation, great power. And Paul says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. To buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, for this thorn in the flesh, for this messenger of Satan, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And God said, and here's our scripture we read, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's kind of a change in thinking. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says. Will you listen to this? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Everything I thought was against me. Every reason I had to not be used by God. Every excuse I had to keep me back. I came from this. My parents were that. I grew up in this kind of home. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Paul said, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect when we are weak. 
You want to glory in your strengths? You want to glory in your good points? You go right ahead. I'm casting myself at the foot of Jesus. Lord, take this weakness. Lord, take this problem. Lord, take this circumstance and make me power. Because Paul's desire, no doubt, was probably even greater than mine. He wanted the power of God. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. Why? Because above all else, greater than anything else, I want the power of Christ to rest upon me. Moses, Moses said, I can't speak well. God said, I'm the one that made the mouth. Look at who he chose. Look at his 12 disciples. It wasn't like a CEO, a bank president, a millionaire, a government official. It was some of the lowest of the low. The poorest of the poor, just some fishermen and tax collectors, publicans, sinners, no names, people that didn't have position, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. I'm trying to change your thinking. Because the thing that's keeping you back from being anointed and powerful in the Spirit is the thing that you think is your hindrance and your wall and your chain. And God said, if you'll give it to me, if you'll give it to me. Clap your hands with all your might. He goes on, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want them to recover. God has blessed me. God has blessed me. I was preaching at a church in Texas, and we had a healing deliverance service, and God did some incredible things. We had a lady come in. She had been coming to the revival. We were three or four weeks into the revival, and she'd come every service with a cane, walking with a cane, in obvious pain. We prayed for her. She threw that cane down. She ran that church. She just kept running laps. Came back the next service. She didn't have it the next service. She didn't have it the one after that. She didn't pick it up again. Why? Because Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. God did many other great things, but the thing that I like to tell about the most is this lady that was from another church. She was legally blind. She could not see out of one eye, and she could only see shades of light and dark in the other eye. We prayed for her. We prayed and nothing really happened. We prayed again. I've been talking about instantaneously. This isn't instantaneously, but it's still something to rejoice over. 
And we prayed again, and we, we both, me and the pastor both, we had faith. So we just told her, we said, Sister, go home and believe God. That was a Friday night. We got a call that Sunday that she went home, and this blind lady opened her Bible. And by that weekend, God opened her eyes, and she was reading her Bible. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. I was preaching in another church, and it wasn't a healing deliverance. We were just having church. People were praying for one another, shouting, dancing, rejoicing all over the place. And there was a visitor, a lady that had come there. And similar situation, she was almost deaf, almost completely deaf. She could only hear a little bit out of one ear. All of a sudden, we looked over, and there was a big commotion going over on that side of the church. And we looked over, and three or four of the saints had went by and prayed for her. She said while they were praying, she said her ears popped. And they opened up instantly, and one ear that she couldn't even hear out of, her husband started whispering to her. She was hearing everything. My God is a healer. Jesus is a healer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus is a healer. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Stand to your feet today. When I was almost two years old, it's been more than 30 years by now, I was in a car accident. My father was driving. I was sitting on my mother's lap. This was before seatbelt laws. This was before car seats were popular. All of this stuff, people just rode and whatever, you know, kids sat on mama's laps and so I was sitting on my mom's lap, the front seat. My dad's aunt was in the back seat, driving on a two-lane road in Louisiana. And uh, it's not like, you know, the highways you have out here, eight-lane highways. Those roads where there's no trees, it's because they cut them down. There's trees everywhere. So we're going around a curve, so you may not see a mile away what's coming as we were going around that curve, a drunk driver driving, I said a cop clocked him several miles back, going over 100 miles an hour, driving a Corvette. Swerved into our lane, hit us head on. <clears throat> My father hit the steering wheel and died instantly. My father's aunt in the back seat died in the hospital a couple weeks later. The two drunks in the other car died instantly, of course. Right before the car hit, there was some debate as to what exactly happened. I had some people say maybe I hit the dashboard and it caused it. And common belief has been that my father reached over and grabbed my arm to keep me from flying out of the windshield. 
and him grabbing me, the car hitting me, whatever the circumstances were, caused my muscles and nerves in this arm to tear. And I went to the hospital growing up as a kid, and they talked about maybe surgery, maybe this, but one thing the doctors have always said is it'll never, it'll never be the same. I'll never use this arm again. I couldn't lift this arm off of this podium if I wanted to because I just don't have the strength. I can lift it as high as this. This is the way I've lived for 30 years. Can I tell you that I have read this passage of Scripture over and over and over again? Can I tell you that I probably beat Paul and how many times I asked God? How many healing lines I have been through? How many faith healers have come and prayed for me? Now, don't get me wrong. I struggle with a lot of things, but this is not one of them. I did. But I can honestly say God has given me victory over this. And more importantly, he's given me a promise. But in the meantime, until that healing comes, I know it's coming. I don't struggle with that. I don't question that. A lot of things I question, that's not one of them. In the midst of all of this, how am I supposed to stand up here and tell you Jesus is a healer. How am I supposed to stand up here and tell you He can break any chain? How am I supposed to stand up here and tell you Jesus can do anything? You know how? Because my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Brother Steele, come up here. Help me out. All you ministers, if there's any ministers in this church, come up here and help me. I'm not God help me I'm not trying to brag God has been good to me I've seen people healed I wasn't preaching this particular service but I was in a service and I saw an evangelist point his finger at a lady in a wheelchair and said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ get up and I watched that lady I'll never forget it as long as I live I watched that lady jump up and dance in the front of that church. 
I'll never forget it, Brother Steele. At the end of that service, I remember some big old boy carrying that wheelchair out on his shoulder. She didn't need it no more. My God's a healer. My God's a deliverer. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. I can honestly say I have faith today. That if you need a healing, but even though I haven't seen my healing yet, I will pray for you. Brother Steele, these ministers will pray for you. And before you leave this service, you're going to be healed. I have faith today that if you have chains binding you, that we will pray for you. And before you leave this place, you will not struggle with nicotine. You will not drink alcohol. You will not battle with those spirits again. I have faith today that if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're not too rich and you're not too poor. You're not too white and you're not too black. You're not too Hispanic. You're not too Oriental. You're not too educated and you're not too uneducated. God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you're going to have a fresh and a new joy wash over you all over again. I pray against every spirit. I pray against every devil that has lied to these people. I pray against every demon that has bound these people. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. The Lord rebuked you. The Lord binds you and casts you from this place. Shut your mouth, devil. Shut your mouth, demon. You have no control anymore. We take authority over you. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. We just did it in Jesus' name. You need a healing? Come on. You need a healing? Come on. You need deliverance, you're battling pornography, you're battling alcohol, cigarettes, come on. You want the Holy Ghost, come on. Come on, saints of God, help us out. If you're Holy Ghost filled, if you've got faith, step out. Come on, come on. Don't try to wonder. Don't try to figure it out. 
have faith. Touch the hem of his garment. Touch the hem of his garment. You shall be made whole.
you to begin to thank him right now there's a time for asking in faith and then there's a time for thanking and worship and expectancy we need to thank him we need to praise him for it we've asked in faith we don't have to beg we don't have to plead we don't have to twist his arm we don't have to ask a million times over ask in faith and then thank him for it lift those hands lift those hands God I worship you Lord you are a healer whatever happens you are a healer I trust you oh God I believe you will heal I believe you will deliver I thank you for it rejoice 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 in who he is. Rejoice in who he is. <laughs> 